Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. She's the Chicago City Treasurer who has taken over the seat held by Kurt Summers, and she is part of the history-making trio that now leads the city. My guest this week is Melissa Conyers Irvin. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Melissa Conyers Irvin won her current job by defeating former 47th Ward Alderman Amaya Pawar in a runoff with 60% of the vote. She was a Democratic state representative before that. She has a degree in finance from Eastern Illinois University and a master's in business administration from Roosevelt University. So Ms. Conyers Irvin would definitely meet the educational requirements of the Treasurer's Post, if in fact there were any. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she joins me in WBBM studios. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Craig. Well, the history that I mentioned was made because for the first time in its history, Chicago is being led not only by three women, but three women of color. Uh, how much has uh, sunk in about the significance of you and Mayor Lori Lightfoot and uh, City Clerk Anna uh, Valencia uh, being where you are at this time? You know, it's it's really um, I'm I'm just grateful to have this opportunity, and I'm I'm grateful to the residents of Chicago for entrusting in us for three women of color to lead the city of Chicago. I think that that's truly and it uh, truly. Um, an example of how Chicago was ready for change. I think that's a great example of how Chicago has progressed. And I'm just grateful to be in the mix and to be able, as you mentioned, my background, you mentioned my experience. But for me, the young lady born in Inglewood, raised on the west side of Chicago, to be in a position to help underserved communities of Chicago, um, I'm just very grateful for the experience. Now, there are some people who might argue that it shouldn't make any difference at all whether women of color or women or men are uh, running the city. People with the skills either do the job well or don't, um, regardless of gender or race. Why it does it make a difference? Um, as you know, Craig, and the listening audience may not know, I was a state representative before I became city treasurer. And a state representative, I was actually pregnant at the time, that um, I was running for office. And when I joined the General Assembly, I was six months, my baby was six months old, and I was actually a nursing mother. And it was the experiences in Springfield that was very eye-opening for me as a mother to be really be able to identify that, number one, we need more women in office, but number two, we need to make certain that the environment is conducive to not only women, but working mothers We know that working mothers, and and this is something during the campaign trail, I would always have my daughter involved and people knew who she was. Matter of fact, people know Geneva by name now. And that was important for me as a working mother because I want to encourage other women and also working mothers that not only do we as women do it all, but we do it well. And I'm just an example of so many others. And so when you ask that question, I think that's a very important question. And it's really important that we as women, it, I, I honestly believe that it's our time. 
And we need to stand up and embrace it, which I believe that we are. You know that there's more women running for office now than ever before, and we hope more will continue. Well, regardless of gender, uh, the city treasurer was front and just off center at the city council meeting this past week. (laughs) Uh, That gave you a uh, front seat for Mayor Lori Lightfoot handling her first test of strength in uh, her administration. How'd she do in your eyes? Um, So you brought up a point about me being front and off center. Um, Actually, I'd like to mention that many were surprised to see the city treasurer at the city council meeting. Yeah, this was a first. From my understanding, it was the first. And it was something that I thought was important. Um, I think that if I am handling the portfolio of taxpayers dollars, I need to be in the know of what's going on as far as the the business of the city which we know is being done at the city council. Not only that, but the beginning of the city council meetings actually have um, public input. And I thought that that was extremely um, informative um, just to really be at the pulse of how the residents are feeling. So um, I don't know if I'll be able to be at every city council meeting, but um, sometimes you will see me there. I know the other day was the first, but as far as the, um, I would say the experience for Mayor Lightfoot, um, for her first city council meeting. As you know, it was a successful meeting. Um, there was a meeting that she was able to um, pass, um, whether it's called the legislation or I guess the, 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 the ordinance. The ordinance. Were the, the, were the rules yeah. for how the yes. city council operates. That's right. And who's going to be on uh, uh, the committees or chair of the committee. And she passed both yes. um, successfully. So I would say that she did very well for her first meeting. Now, I cannot... Uh go without at least getting your opinion, if you uh, care to give it, of the long-anticipated indictment of Alderman Ed Burke and what you think that uh, happening this week, what does it say about the future of city government and the city? Well, you know, it's been a very interesting week in Chicago, to say the least, (laughs) um, with everything that's going on. And we know that from Mayor Lightford's even inaugural speech, that um, she has plans as to how we will have ethics reform in the city of Chicago. I know that that is definitely on her agenda, as it should be. We know that taxpayers are asking for that. Um, and I, the only thing that I would say to that, Craig, is that it's a new day in Chicago. Certainly it is. And I think that the activities of this week dictates, that, dictates such. Um, well, enough about everybody else. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's, let's uh, at least for now, let's uh, talk about you. First off, how are you doing in the job so far? You know, it's only been a week and a half. Well, two weeks. Well, not two weeks quite yet. And I feel like I've been there for almost two months, to be honest with you. <laughs> Things have been moving very fast, which is why it's important that we elect people that we know have the skill to be able to perform the job. Because it's truly not a learning curve. You have to get in. You have to learn very quickly. And you have to be able to um, produce. And so, you know, when we're talking about eight billion dollars of tax, eight billion dollars of taxpayers money, you know, I, I don't take that lightly. This is my fiduciary duty, number one, to protect the principal, but also to be able to invest the funds and get the greatest return on our investments. And I'm pleased to say on this morning that, you know, as of today, our office has already earned um, almost ninety two million dollars, which we know the city certainly is in a financial crisis. And that's money that can be used to help um, with the general operating fund of the city of Chicago. So in light of everything that's going on with the city of Chicago financially, from the treasurer's office to be able to earn 
almost $92 million to be, be able to provide to the city of Chicago. Um, I'm very proud of that. Now, uh, as first impressions uh, go, or after your first impression of the office, is there anything uh, that you feel or that you already feel needs to change about the treasurer's office? Well, one of the things that, because as I spoke a lot during the campaign trail, was the Catalyst Fund. Um, One thing that for those listeners that listened to me throughout the campaign trail, I spoke a lot about investing in underserved communities because we truly need to help all residents throughout the city of Chicago. And I believe that we should be one city. So the Catalyst Fund that's currently in motion that was initiated by Treasurer Kurt Summers, our previous treasurer, um, as we know, that fund was created, but um, no activities have been performed on the fund, which means that no investments have been made into underserved communities, et cetera. And that is one initiative that I intend to take by the bullhorn. And I intend to make certain that we revamp the fund to be able to invest in the communities and invest in the projects as intended. And I believe that we can expand it. And so there's going to be some some things occurring over the next few months that you'll be hearing and the listening audience will be hearing about from my office as to how we will make certain to promote that fund. Can you give an idea of the kinds of things that a catalyst fund could do? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So like projects, community projects, specifically when I think about underserved communities, as you know, mostly the the south and west sides of Chicago. And the fund will be able to invest in projects, um, organizations as well. And we'll be able to do that. And we're thinking and we're going to expand that. That's also in process. Let me say that. Um, but we're going to be expanding that and we'll be rolling that out and there will be more information to come. Um, how can the treasurer's office make that kind of investment happen? Um, the, I mean, obviously this uh, city can't, just give money away. Uh, your your job is to make sure that the money that's there stays there and that it earns more money. That's right. Well, actually, the Catalyst Fund, the contribution from the city is $100 million. As you know, our office itself, I mean, has already raised almost, already earned almost $92 million mm-hmm. as of today. So, I mean, you know, the $100 million, and, and, and again, the $100 million for the Catalyst Fund is not going to the, the city treasurer. It's going for specifically underserved communities. So it's an investment that the city is making. But on top of the fund, the designation of the fund was really for not only the city to make an investment, but for other donors to make an investment, which we know up until this day, no donors have invested into the fund, which is the challenge of it. And so I spoke about during the the time um, during during the campaign trail that what I believe me coming from the private sector, me having the experience from the private sector, that I have those relationships, that I will be able to foster those relationships and receive the investment needed so that the fund can go into fruition. Because if we have one hundred million dollars in the catalyst fund from the city's investment, we want to make certain that we have private donors to be able to match that and be able to not only have the city, but private donors, those that are part of the city of Chicago partners with us to be able to invest in our residents as well. And I don't want to hammer yes. on this point, but are you saying that the city had invested one hundred million dollars previously in this fund and they, nothing was done with it? They designate it. Uh-huh. So technically the fund has seventy five million dollars today. Okay. Mm-hmm. But 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 it hasn't been that active 
up to this it has point. not up until this point. That's correct. Which is why, you know, when I took office, I said, which was last Monday, <laughs> I said, Craig, that it's very important that we get moving right away because we have to be accountable for this money and we have to make certain that the money is being used as it was intended. And so that's why. And and. For me, it's very important that we have due diligence with this and that we are transparent with taxpayers and we want to be able to promote. We want to be able to talk about and announce what are we doing with these dollars. Um, Does the uh, city treasurer also, because I know from uh, past years talking with uh, one of your predecessors, Stephanie Neely, uh, the city does have some leeway about where it puts its money and is there a way to use that, those uh, deposits to also help with So you referring, we have 17 municipal depositories. Um, we talk about the $8 billion portfolio. We have 17 municipal depositories that I, as a city treasurer, have a choice in where we will be depositing that money. Now, it's important to me, um, me being certainly a product of underserved communities, it's important to me that we're investing in organizations that are investing in us. And so that's one of the things that I have committed to. And that actually leads to a piece of legislation that I plan on initiating this year that um, it did start in the previous administration. The idea, nothing went forth with it, unfortunately. But in regards to community banks, I think that credit unions, it's extremely important that when we talk about municipal depositories, because you're talking about investments in our communities, Craig, When we talk about municipal depositories, currently that does not include credit unions. Well, we know that credit unions have in some part filled the gap of closed banks within underserved communities. We know that credit unions are most likely on the ground and are have a banking relationship with residents in underserved communities that where whereas those residents may not have a banking relationship with the major municipal depositories. So it's important to me that as the city treasurer, that we are, as I mentioned, investing in organizations that are investing in us. And I think that it's time that we amend the municipal code and that it's time that we include credit unions as municipal depositories. Now, people always want to know that the city's money is going to be safe. Secure. And how secure are credit unions? And it's interesting, and I'm glad you brought that up, but I was going to go into that and I was thinking, should I go further? So, um, you know, my, my first and foremost duty as city treasurer is to protect our money. I have to do that. And so while I have a heart, Right. I have to make certain that I protect taxpayers dollars. So in doing so, credit unions actually are secure. They secure just like FDIC up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in CUA secures up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So it is secured, which is extremely important. But on top of that, one thing that I am pleased about the current ordinance that we have, not only do they have to be insured, but we also have to look at one hundred and two percent collateralization. So it's important. So we got double security is the way I look at it. And I think that that's that's not overachieving. That's the way it should be, because we're talking about taxpayer dollars in which the credit union meets both will have to be within that ordinance. We're going to continue our conversation with City Treasurer Melissa Conyers-Irvin in just a minute after this message. Welcome to Synfron Explains. Today at Synfron Explains, we talk email marketing. Sending engaging emails to voters can be an effective campaign tactic. While the Can Spam Act may scare you, it only applies to commercial email. 
All political messages are protected under the First Amendment. So sending voters relevant information is a great way to boost name recognition and let them learn more about you. We can even pair your emails with a custom digital ad campaign targeted to your email list. This tactic increases open rates and dramatically improves effectiveness. The data experts at Sin Fronteras Media are ready to help you launch an effective email program. We understand the data, have the tools to roll out robust email plans, and know the tricks that maximize effectiveness. This is Jason Bauman from Sin Fronteras Media. I want to invite you to visit wewininillinois.com to learn how we can help you leverage digital data and effective messaging to win your next election. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and I'm talking with Chicago City Treasurer Melissa Conyers Irvin. Um, I do want to talk about something else that I know is of in- interest and in, in one of your uh, priorities and uh, has been in that office for some time, and that's public education about money matters. Um, what kind of uh, things do you want to see the office do uh, on that regard? You know, um, the Bank One program is a program specific to unbanked and underbanked population. That's a program that, um, from my understanding and going around to every community in Chicago, not many residents even know about. Um, I believe that we need to to not only really encourage the municipal depositories that are currently involved in the Bank One program. We need to encourage them to market the program. We need to encourage them to be inviting to residents of the program so that more residents have access to banking institutions. And why is that? We know that um, there's a lot of residents that cash their checks at currency exchanges. We know a lot of residents um, acquire loans from payday lending services. And we need to really talk about when we're talking, and this is the leverage of the treasurer's office with our municipal depositories, because we need to talk about how are we going to focus on the unbanked and underbanked population, and which I feel that providing them access to the banking institution, number one, returning the fees to that household for cashing just your normal paycheck, that will help tremendously. And also when we talk about loans and access to capital. But also, in addition to that, we have a program, Hope Inside 2020, where I've had the opportunity to speak to Mr. Bryant of the program. He's excited about it. There's only been, I think, one to two locations throughout Chicago where this program provides financial literacy, provides um, just beyond financial literacy to me because it helps residents know what they need to do to improve their credit score, know what they need to do to be able to acquire mortgages. And we need more locations throughout the Chicagoland area so that more residents will have access to that because we want to empower residents. And that's really my goal. Um, How come there aren't more organizations doing that? I mean, has it been just a matter of finding money to do it? I think that there's possibly other organizations out there that we just may not be aware of, and which I think is why shows like this is important, because we have programs out there that people may not even know how they can partner with us on such initiatives. Hope, Hope Inside 2020 is an example of a partnership between the treasurer's office and the organization. And a lot of these, the reason that these programs are so important is because we know the city of Chicago is in a financial crisis. And so it's important that we partner with organizations that are doing these things so that we're not acquiring the expense, but we're able to help our residents directly, which is why I'm so fond of programs such as this. Um, 
in some during the campaign especially uh, one idea kept coming up, and it was primarily because of Amea Pawar, uh, and that was about creating a public bank. Now, I know Mr. Um, uh, Garapi, uh, who, who endorsed you, was against the idea. You said you wanted to, that it was worth looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you're in the seat, how much of a priority is it to study that idea? I still think that it's worth looking at, um, even though I I am approaching two weeks um, coming up. So it's it's very still preliminary right now. Um, but I do think that it's still worth looking at. My my answer is still the same. OK, because, I, I, you know, I wonder if the people in within the uh, either the banking community or others are not already trying to beat a path to your door to say, hey, wait a minute, don't do this. Don't do this. Well, I'll I'll say this. Um, you. You know, I think that that's an option that's worth looking at. They know that. I I stated that during the campaign. Um, But I also know that, and as I mentioned during the campaign, Craig, and I think I mentioned to you, Mm -hmm. I'm a person that looks at the root cause of things. And And I look at why are we even having this topic? The reason this topic is occurring is because residents do not feel as if they have access to the banking institutions. So what I have been doing even before day one, I met with the banking institutions, municipal depositories, even before I took this seat on May 20th. And that was important to me before the swearing in, because I needed to set the expectation of what my priorities are. And the banking institutions are clear, Craig. I've had two meetings with them already. Okay. One before office, one after office. On day one, I committed to meeting with the banking institutions to make certain that they know what our expectations are. Well, that meeting occurred way before that. (laughs) And it did occur as well on day one. That was important to me to fulfill that promise. But also it's important to me that the banking institutions, that our municipal depositories know that it is a new day, that they know that we have expectations. And the expectations is for the residents of Chicago. Is it a kind of tightrope that you that you have to walk in a job like this where you are uh, you I mean, you deal with the banking industry. They have to feel comfortable with you. But you also have a a mission and a and a and a attention to the needs of the neighborhoods. And at some points they're going to be in conflict with each other or at least not meshing. Mm -hmm. Um, How hard is it? to get the two sides to mesh. You know what I think? I think that our municipal depositories is, a, is an example of our our traditional terminology of supply and demand, which is why I think it's important that we open up our municipal depositories to credit unions. Because when you have a list of organizations to work with, then you have a choice. So that means that they're competing for your business. I think that that's extremely important because what we don't want is a short list of municipal depositories for me to choose from, because in that aspect, I won't be able to leverage the office to benefit residents. We have to be able to have a choice into whom we will do business with. And so you can say to a a bank that may not be doing much in the neighborhoods that, uh, well, we might take our, our money and put it somewhere else. And all of a sudden they're ready to deal. And we have the choice to do that. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the the money itself because you mentioned the city earning, you know, uh, uh, nearly uh, ninety two million dollars. What happens to that money when it earn when it is earned? Now, when that money is earned, 
traditionally it goes to the general operating fund, um, but the mayor at that point um, can have the choice in doing that or earmarking it toward specific projects or, you know, development that is needed. But generally it does go to the operating fund. That means we generally should be able to pay more bills. Now, these are these are basically earnings, so it's not something that ends up going back or expanding or contracting. It's the principal that expands or contracts depending on the investments. Correct? Depending on the investments. But the earnings is directly back to the city of Chicago. Now, you, you sit on the, uh, the pension boards. Uh, what's, the, what's the mission or the concern yeah. uh, there? You know, the concern has been even before I was sworn in on May 20th. The concern is whether the beneficiaries will be able to receive the benefits entitled to them that was promised to them. And, you know, that's that's something that that's the big elephant in the room. I sit on four pension boards, um, municipal laborers, police and fire. And, um, you know, I've attended two meetings already. I just got into office May 20th. I've already um, attended two meetings and the the message is still the same. You know, res, um, the beneficiaries are very concerned. Members of these funds are very concerned, which is why my role as the city treasurer is, is to help be able to provide additional funds for the city of Chicago, which is why, you know, the almost $92 million that the office has already earned, we want that to continue. We want that to continue because we want to be able to do our part. We want to be able to say that we've helped in this crisis. How will people know that this office is making a difference? What will, what will the signs be that they should watch for to say, okay, this is, you know, it is a new day. It is. You know, I think that's a good question. Um, I think there's probably going to be a number of signs. Number one, it's important that I continue to communicate with our residents, which is why I hope that you'll bring me back on this show um, because I this is my opportunity to speak to residents to let them know what, what our office is doing. Um, but in addition to that, not only from this show, but just legislation that we I, I mentioned about including credit unions as municipal mm-hmm. depositors because I want to be able to leverage the office to benefit residents. And so when you look at such as that um, legislation that we're proposing, as well as how we'll be performing with the Catalyst Fund, I think that, and then as well as the earnings that we're making to be able to help with this financial crisis, um, I think that those will be just, just examples of how residents will be able to look at our office to be able to gauge to see how we're performing. Um, are there any other things on your wish list, uh, either from the state legislature or the city? Um, I think with that, I I know that um, really the catalyst fund for me, because we're talking about, you know, right now 75 million, but should be a hundred million dollars from the city's money. um, And also getting the private donor match. But we just want to, we just want to make certain that we're on top of everything that's going on. We want to look at the accounts we're managing and making sure the money is being spent in the right way. Who's going to decide what, projects will be done by the uh, Catalyst Fund? The board of directors. And, mm-hmm. and how's that, who's who's on that board? And I'm not asking for names. Yes, but right now the people. board is, because this is a new administration, the board is, is being transformed at this time. Uh, do you appoint or does the mayor? Both. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. How many members? Six. Okay. I have to think about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, how... Uh, how much are you enjoying it so far? I mean, I'm loving this it. has been a whirlwind week. It has uh, been. For, for more reasons than having to do yes. with what's in the office. Yes. But. I'm enjoying it. You know, I've always been a troubleshooter, a problem solver. 
brainstormer. So I'm just getting in, rolling up my sleeves and making sure we're doing what we need to do. So how much of a how much of an effort do you have to make to make sure that uh, the aldermen uh, understand. I, I mean, obviously, I think you have the ear of at least one of them. Uh, and that Sometimes. Would be, that, that would be J- Jason Irvin, who Sometimes. is uh, uh, a uh, ranking uh, officer, yeah. has been on the, on the budget committee. But uh, he's not on there now. I don't know. No. Well, we'll see if he's uh, if he if he remains on there. But still, um, do the aldermen get it? You know what? He's one of 50. So it's important that I do have relationships with the aldermen in the city council especially when we're introducing legislation such as what we plan to do with the credit unions. Um, So it's important that the aldermen do get it, um, which is why I partner with other aldermen like Alderman Rod Sawyer is um, planning to be the chief sponsor of that legislation. So it's important I also use his influence as well. Well, that's going to be the final word. Thank you, City Treasurer Melissa Conyers-Urban, for taking the time to be here. To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That's WBBMNewsRadio.com. Just follow the podcast links. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 